Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Exodus chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today, in the month of Aviv, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days eat bread made without yeast, and on the seventh day hold a festival to the Lord. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to do to your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In the days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkot, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So the Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Now, of course, this is symbolic of the fact that Israel is God's firstborn son. He had said that 
uh, specifically previously in the scriptures. We've quoted that. And so in addition to that, the firstborn of Israel was redeemed along with all the rest of Israel. And the firstborn of Egypt died because they refused to release God's firstborn son, Israel. And so the Lord was creating a reminder, a constant reminder, that every firstborn male uh, represented God's people Israel and God's firstborn son, the children of Abraham. And so the offspring, the firstborn male offspring, whether human or animal, belonged to the Lord. Now, in actual fact, they were redeemed with coinage and offerings. Uh, There was provision made for how to do this. And so there had to be an offering made for the firstborn male children or the firstborn animals to redeem them, to retain ownership, to um, purchase them, if you will, back from the Lord. But symbolically, they represented Israel. Symbolically, they reminded the children of Israel of the uh, the deliverance from Egypt. In verse 3, then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. And then he goes on to say the details about eating nothing with yeast and so forth. And so this day, what is commemorate this day? It's Passover. Now, sometimes we as Christians think of Passover, the Feast of Passover, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits as separate festivals. In point of fact, they were celebrated as one continuous festival, occasionally under the heading of Passover, occasionally under the heading of Unleavened Bread. But it was one continuous festival, all representing the day that the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And so the day, you can say, is Passover, you can say it's unleavened bread, but it's the festival is representative of the fact that God brought his people out of slavery. And he goes on to say that this observance of Passover, the commemoration of this day, would be special. In verse 9, it says, this observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord is to be on your lips, for the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. And so this observance of Passover, this acknowledgement of God's mighty deeds, was to be as a supernatural sign on their hands and on their foreheads that they belonged to God, essentially. Now, we see this at various times throughout the scriptures. Later in Ezekiel, the Lord uh, releases a supernatural being to go through the city of Jerusalem and to mark on the forehead those who belong to the Lord. And uh, so this mark on the hand, this mark on the forehead, is not without support in other scriptures. It also appears in the book of Revelation, both in a positive way and a negative way. But this is a supernatural sign that is a result of observing Passover, commemorating Passover. And then there's a second supernatural sign for the the designation of the firstborn males, whether human or animal. Uh, We read in verse 12, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All of the males of your livestock belong to the Lord. And then um, verse 14, in the days to come when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then verse 16, and it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. And so it'll be symbolic of the Lord's deliverance from Egypt, this um, designation of the firstborn, once again, belonging to the Lord. But the Lord uses the terminology in verse 16, it'll be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead. 
that you belong to the Lord, that the Lord um, did this wonderful thing. And so this supernatural sign, the supernatural marking, I think is alluded to. It's seen by the angels, it's seen by the demons, but it's not apparent to man. But uh, this observance of both Passover and the, the dedication of the firstborn to the Lord would be a spiritual sign that would um, remain on the hands and the foreheads of the people. In verse 18, we read, So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now, just to comment on the Red Sea. Sooner or later, if you study much on the Exodus account, you'll run across the fact that what is translated as Red Sea can also be translated as the Sea of Reeds, which is a lesser body of water, of course, than the Red Sea, and many have pointed out much more shallow. And so some attempt to explain the crossing of the Red Sea as it was the crossing of the Sea of Reeds because it really wasn't very deep. And it may not have been very deep, but it was still no less supernatural because the Lord parted the waters for the children of Israel. And then the Lord used those same waters to destroy the armies of Egypt. So if they were not deep waters, then the Lord drowned the armies of Egypt with um, very shallow water. So nonetheless, a miracle. So it's not a big deal whether it's Yom Sup, the Sea of Reeds, or whether it's the Red Sea. The translation doesn't matter much. In verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Now, he says that in the last two of the last three verses of Genesis. As Joseph is dying, he makes this request of his kinsmen that when they are delivered from Egypt, they'll take his bones. And so here, Moses honors that 400-year-old request and carries Joseph's bones up out of Egypt with them as they're leaving and as they're being delivered. In verse 21, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now just a word on that, friends, and I'll I'll probably comment on this some more in Exodus and perhaps Numbers as well. But the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night These were visible manifestations of the one true God that was produced by the Lord every day for 40 years, witnessed by two and a half to three million people. And so when these words by Moses were penned, the people that had witnessed the cloud by day and the pillar of fire for night for 40 years were still alive. In other words, The original recipients of this writing of Moses that declares the cloud was there by day, the pillar of fire was there by night, and never left its place in front of the people, they knew whether that was true or not. There were three million witnesses, as many as three million witnesses. So this is not a small thing, this manifestation of the glory of God uh, in terms of a cloud and and a pillar of fire, this supernatural reminder that the one true God was the one who was leading them, that the one true God was the one who had delivered them from Egypt. This was as major a sign, or perhaps even more major, than all of the individual plagues, because this continued daily for 40 years, day and night. That's not to be overstated. And so, Lord, we recognize that the observance of Passover marks us for you. The observance in the case of Christians 
of Holy Communion marks us for you. Lord, let these things be signs on our hands and our foreheads that we belong to you. Lord, we appreciate the fact that the Jews commemorate their deliverance from Egypt on the Passover. They have been faithful to memorialize this. Lord, we ask that you would reveal yourself more and more to the Jews of our generation. Reveal yourself to them. Reveal yourself to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.